Hey, welcome to Crosswalk Church. Today, Pastor Dan is bringing you a teaching, so head over to crosswalkphoenix.com and find today's message under the worship tab. There you can download the Crosswalk notes to follow along. And now, here's Pastor Dan. Over the last six weeks, we have been on a journey. And that is a journey that, that we uh, took under the theme of U-turn. The U-turn is, is the repentance message series that we've been going through for six weeks. And as we went through it, here were some of the themes. Maybe you remember them. Maybe uh, just bringing them up will, will spring some memories of those, those messages. First of all, the need for repentance. The need for repentance, that each one of us is going the wrong way. Each one of us needs to change our minds. We need to change our minds about ourselves, about our God, and about sin. The need for repentance. The next was the power behind repentance. How can I do this? How can I change my mind? Where is this going to come from? Do I need to dig deeper within me? No. The power for repentance does not come from inside of me. It comes from outside of me. It comes from the power of the Holy Spirit, from God himself, as he changes my mind through his word. The next was the blessing of repentance. How blessed we are. How blessed is the one whose sin is forgiven, whose transgressions are covered. Blessed is the one who, who no longer has to deal with that guilt and shame of sin, that blessing of repentance, the beauty of it, that as we go before God and, and we share our sins and are transparent with him about them, how much better and how blessed we are in our lives. The next one was the fruit of repentance. Is that as I change my mind and, and God changes my heart about sin, that it's also going to change the actions in my life. And the fruit of repentance ultimately is love, that God works in me. Having been forgiven, we have this love from God. And as Pastor Jeff so beautifully preached last week, the plea for repentance, Jesus himself over Jerusalem begging, pleading, pleading to accept this wonderful gift that he was going to Jerusalem to earn. I have some bad news for you today. A U-turn is completely useless, completely useless unless you understand the cost of repentance, unless you understand the, the cost of the U-turn. That you need to understand that even if you could do all of these things that we talked about, even if you could bring about all of this change, it still comes with a price tag. And that is a price tag that we are here today to stand in awe, maybe even celebrate, because we know that it is a cost that is never going to be turned on us, but rather the cost of repentance is, is a cost and a price that Jesus paid on the cross. And so as we meditate tonight, we do it with these words of Jesus. At noon, darkness came over the whole land till three in the afternoon, and at three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Do not leave here tonight unless you have an answer to that question. 
My God, my God, why have you forsaken Jesus Christ? And as you consider that, and as we think about the cost of repentance, I'm going to warn you. I'm going to warn you of something that I've seen not only in myself, but I have seen people in my ministry for the last 27 years do all of the time. And that is minimize their own sin. Sugarcoat what they have done. Maybe even they'll go so far as to say, I, I am, uh, I'm not a perfect person. Maybe they're even comfortable saying, you know what, I have sinned. But if you ask them to consider, does your sin, your sin, not the sins of everyone else around you, but yours, if no one else lived but you, would Jesus still have had to die the same death, the same misery, the same suffering? A hymn verse from when I was a child, I, I remember this hymn, and, and as I was preparing this message, I thought of it. it it's from, from a hymn, a, a great Lenten hymn called Stricken, Smitten, and Afflicted, describing Jesus Christ as he went to the cross. And, and, and the third verse says this, you, you who think of sin but lightly, nor suppose the evil great, here, here on the cross, may view its nature rightly, here its guilt may estimate. Mark the sacrifice appointed, see who bears the awful load? Tis the word, the Lord's anointed, the Son of Man and the Son of God. As we look at the cost of repentance, one of the things that we need to do is we need to believe God and believe him about what he says about sin and how bad it, it truly is and, and how bad our condition is as a result. And, and so when we, we come here to the cross, it's important for us to go back really to the beginning, to the, to the garden. And it's there in the Garden of Eden that, that God was speaking. And he said, And the Lord God commanded the man, You are free to eat from any tree in the garden. You must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat of it, you will certainly die. And you remember how that played out? I know you know how it played out. That that when Satan came and he tempted them, and and they said, God said, we must not eat of the fruit of the tree. We must not touch it. Because if we do so, we're going to die. What did Satan say? You will not die. God is lying to you. It's not that bad a thing. It's not that bad a thing. Look at it. It's pleasing to the eye. It's desirable for gaining wisdom. I mean, the name of it's the knowledge of good and evil. God is afraid that if you eat of it, you will be like him. And the lie was believed. And the lie is perpetuated today. The lie is perpetuated today in our lives as we underestimate the cost of repentance. Do you believe Ezekiel? Do you believe Ezekiel when he says the soul that sins is the one that will die? Do you believe the Apostle Paul when he says the wages, the payment for your sin is death? Do you believe him when he says all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God? My God, 
my God, why have you forsaken me? It's because as Jesus went to the cross, he was going to carry our sins. And what we see in Jesus Christ is what we deserve. In these words, I I find it interesting also that this is the only time I'm, I'm aware of in Scripture, and you can do a Scripture check on me, where Jesus doesn't call the Father, Father. It's my God. My God, why have you forsaken me? That in the depth of this, that as Jesus is experiencing this, this payment for us, that he's experiencing separation from God. You will not surely die. In Jesus, we see the truth. We will surely die. And sin is the cause of death. One of the places I never have to preach God's law, which I know I'm doing right now, one of the places I never have to do it is in is at a funeral. And, and I'm going to tell you, Arizona funerals are different from Wisconsin funerals, and that's all right. But I'm going to tell you that I was a pastor in 20, for 20 years in Wisconsin, and at every funeral I did, there was a dead body in a casket right in the front of the building. And if you want something to capture the attention of everyone in that room, the dead body did it. I, I have, oh my goodness, I have memories, just memories of that, and, and maybe even trauma as you think about it. Whereas now in Arizona, what do we have? You know what, maybe we'll have a memorial service in eight weeks, and we'll have a picture, and we'll have a meal, and everyone will get together, and we'll remember some stories, and that's fine. But one thing you miss in, in a service like that is you miss the reality of a dead body. And as you look at at grandma and grandpa and mom and dad and maybe even a brother or sister going before you, the reality that cannot be escaped is this. One day, it's going to be me. That's a promise that that I think you all understand. And and in that moment, you begin to see the gravity of life and and how fragile it is as well. And so as we see Jesus, we are seeing Jesus experiencing the payment for our sin in in physical death. But there's more than that, that it's not just physical death. Remember, physical death is the separation of your body and soul. That's what's going to happen one day. Our soul and body will separate. But spiritual death is a completely different thing. Spiritual death is not the separation of body and soul, but it's the separation of your soul from God. That is spiritual death. And so as we, we look at Adam and Eve, when they, when they first sinned in the garden, they began to experience a, a separation from God that they never knew before. They were separated, first of all, by their shame and their guilt, and that's why they had this desire and this need to put on clothing, They didn't want to be seen for what they were, didn't want to be seen by God. And then what did they do? They went and hid. They went and hid in the garden, tried to stay away from God because when I see him, it brings to mind everything that I did. And and they were experiencing, even in that moment, what spiritual death is, and that is separation from God. And so when Jesus says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why have you separated yourself from me? 
Because the worst of the pain on the cross was not from the nails. It wasn't from hanging there on the tree as he slowly died. But the punishment on the cross, the punishment we deserve because of our sin, those of us who think that it's not that big a deal, Jesus, the Son of God, experienced separation from God the Father. I don't know how that happened. I don't know how that happens inside the Godhead as we have one God who is three persons. But what I do know is that's what these words mean. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me to make the payment for sin? That is why. But that's not the only why. Because as we look at the cost of repentance, the cost is paid because the Lord wanted something that he values greatly, and that is you, a restored relationship with you. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? So each individual person in here today can have a relationship with the Father through Jesus Christ. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? So each individual person in this room can have an eternity with God in heaven. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Because that is the plan of restoration for each and every one of us. And so when we answer this question, the question that Jesus asked, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? We can answer it a number of different ways, including sin and the punishment for it and the cost of it. But don't forget the love. Don't forget what held him there. And that was his love for you. That is why he was willing to experience the separation from God. So before we close, if you would like more information about Crosswalk or to listen to other messages, head over to crosswalkphoenix.com or come and see us. Services are held at Cesar Chavez High School at 41st Avenue and Baseline on Sundays at 9 and 11 a.m. Visit our website for directions. And now some closing thoughts from Pastor Dan. Let's pray. Dear Lord God, Jesus knew what he was getting into. He, he, he knew it was part of the plan, and that is why time and time again he told his disciples, we must go to Jerusalem, and I'm going to be betrayed in the hands uh, of, of the sinners. I'm going to be put to death, but in, in three days I'll rise again. We know it was part of the plan, and that was a plan for him to bring forgiveness, redemption, salvation, justification, all of these church words. And Lord, all of it boils down to this, the fact that you are a just God who punishes sin and you are a loving God who who loves each and every one of us. And it's in Jesus and it's in the cross that your heart is brought together in perfect unity so that you can be perfectly just and perfectly loving at the same time. When we hear these words of Jesus in his misery on the cross, help us hear also words of love, words of love for each and every one of us. And let us know that that our future with you is secure. And it's in Jesus' name we pray.